Welcome to the Vocational Education Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Dan. Uh, I am currently sitting in a, an apartment on the Gold Coast with um, views of a, an oncoming storm. Oh, right. <laughs> Where about you today, Liam? I'm in uh, Port Arlington in Victoria, so um, fortunate enough to be in regional Vic, um, where it's a, uh, the restrictions have been a little bit easier than uh, most of my colleagues in Melbourne mm-hmm. uh, throughout the last few months. So, um, yeah, nice and sunny today, as it always oh, is. Down beautiful, here. yeah. <laughs> but you've still got your park run just in case because you're in Victoria. <laughs> like, where, where's the umbrella? I can't see it in the background. It's at my feet, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it's... Um, Oh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's been really fortunate that we've been able to adjust so quickly to um, to all working from home. Um, mm. Yeah, that that it was a pretty quick transition. All we had to do was sort out the the one three hundred number and um, and making sure they were all, all on our soft phones and um, and we we're good to go. Um, so yeah, it hasn't hasn't been a, a massive transition. So yeah, um, but, but t- tell me about the 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 podcast um and uh and thanks very much for for um wanting to have a chat no look i'm really looking forward to finding out more about how you've transitioned and all that sort of thing so look the vocational education podcast um started in 2008 but uh i had absolutely no desire to continue it on after about four episodes (laughs) and and then we um or maybe six whatever it was but then last uh beginning of last year we got into it a bit and we recorded another 20 plus episodes and um and uh, then this year hit and um, we've had to focus on our business completely. So the podcast sort of took a hiatus for the last uh, several months. But um, I'm really looking forward to talking with people now that we've figured out that we can record the Zoom sessions with decent quality audio and people can really participate, we can video it, etc. I think we're going to um, maintain this now for uh, more regularly for, for a lot longer because uh, the value that people like yourself offer to the community, the vocational community, is, um, is untapped. Um, we can go looking on uh, LinkedIn anytime we like. We can go YouTubing, whatever we want to do. But we find it hard to just find one place to go to hear from a variety of people from across the sector. It's not just other educators, it's not just other L&D specialists, it's not just salespeople, it's it's a real mix. So we've had everyone from uh, 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 venue bookers through to um, cloud assessment people through to um, people offering PD workshops and, you know, and, and the list goes on. Uh, content developers, uh, web developers, all sorts of people. So uh, I think as a one-stop shop for people to go to just, you know, and they can search via the, um, via the titles of the, of the podcast, what would interest them. And they can just mm-hmm. uh, spend 10 minutes, half an hour, however long the podcast goes for, just to get a bit of an update. And also it provides um, people like yourself who are passionate about the industry to share what you do. So it gives um, you a chance to get your name out there and say, okay, well, if you want this service, if you need this, this is the person to talk to. Why? Because they, uh, they're passionate about it. They have a, a spot at the national conference. They, um, they want to get out there. And this is just another medium for that. So that's, that's why, it's, why it exists. Um, when we first started, it was a real, um, I wanted to make it bigger than Ben-Hur. I wanted to have a little news segment and I wanted to have uh, discussion points, all sorts of things. Um, but I found that um, you know, obviously the production of that uh, was extensive and, and not so much costly, but time, um, time expensive. And, mm. uh, and so, yeah, m- making it a bit more conversational, uh, hence not too many talking points and, uh, and getting some great information from uh, guests like yourself. 
um, has made it more valuable. So yeah, that's yeah. that's where the podcast started. Um, last year at the Ville Conference, we uh, had it at the booth and we were recording live there and it was uh, so much fun. We met a lot of really interesting people, even you know IT professionals and mm-hmm. um, um, people who set up their own um, networks for PD developers. And um, yeah, it was great. So mm. this year we're all virtual. So, <laughs> which is disappointing because you know I was looking forward to a trip to the Gold Coast to uh, <laughs> to attend this one. I, I can I like it. the fact that it was going to be on the Gold Coast. I thought yes, I could just have to drive down the road with my my van full of stuff, and it would have been fantastic. But uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> so I missed out on that, and I was you know booked as a speaker as well. So I missed out doing my speaking. Yeah. Uh, I know it's all through. <laughs> Well, oh well, next year hopefully. Next yeah, next year. year again. Look, they're a great, great group there at Velg, and um, I'd be in it um, with bells on next time. Um, they mm. also had the Velg CEOs conference in May, which was also going to be on the Gold Coast um, at QT here, and uh, that got canned. Yeah. If you've been in this sort of game since 2008, maybe even beforehand as well, the, the amount of change that you would have seen over that time um, because I, I first started working in RTOs in 2011 um, and then stayed there until 2016 um, and uh, working within an RTO and uh, often across a group of RTOs as well. And, um, you know, you would have seen the, you know, the peak of government funding and then the dip of government funding and then um, I guess the resurgence um, that seems to be happening as well of, um, uh, of that sort of um, that training with a um, you know uh, with a more robust um, you know quality structure around it as well. It's um, you've probably seen a lot over your time. Definitely, and we might even touch on some of that. Actually, some interesting things have happened in the last 12, 15 years. Yeah, um, mm. Liam, tell bit, tell everyone a bit about your business, what you do now, um, and um, yeah, we'll go from there. Sure. So Liam Liddycote, I'm the commercial services manager with eCreators. Uh, so we're an end-to-end uh, educational technology enablement organisation. So we work both um, with learning management systems and e-learning design and development um, on the, the content side and, and training in both of those things as well. So um, we're a, a homegrown organisation. Um, we're uh, based in, uh, in Melbourne. And uh, we started well, 14 years ago with our, our founder, um, Dean Saunders, who um, kicked it off as a sole trader, going around consulting for organisations on e-learning design and development. And then about seven years into that journey, um, we started working with the, the Moodle learning management system uh, as well and uh, building on, on top of that, which uh, makes our LearnBook product today so we've been fortunate enough uh, to have over 100 RTOs um, as our uh, customers uh, as of now Um, and yeah we've um, so we've been working a lot with the the RTO uh, sector over the the past few years. So what happened in February this year what what sort of changes did you start to see happening? In February, um, I was laughing at everyone's reaction to this uh, <laughs> this flu. Uh, this flu, <laughs> was, yeah, nice to <laughs> You know, the um, people uh, people going out and hoarding um, groceries. That seems oh. like so long ago. We're uh, hoarding toilet paper and um, and buying enough uh, tin beans to last them a lifetime. And um, 
and it was really March when um, I went, you know, I was flying just before Grand Prix weekend here in Melbourne. Um, I was flying to Canberra and um, I was getting a little bit tentative. Um, I just have um, a booking to um, Orlando and Florida cancelled because we um, we had um, won an award and we're going to be presented it yeah. over there, um, which would have been a nice little trip. Um, but I uh, just had that cancelled and I was, um, yeah, so made that trip and that was a, an awkward type of meeting where people didn't know whether to shake hands or not and, mm-hmm. and sitting next to people on planes was, was kind of awkward. And then um, came back on the Monday to, to the office. I had a new starter um, begin that day as well, uh, which was uh, around the 16th of March. And the very next day we said, look, we better try working from home. And um, so we all tried it one day. We uh, you know, weren't completely set up. We had, because uh, we had um, hardline phones. So we had to sort of unplug those and take uh, some hardware home so that the 1300 number would work. Mm. Um, but the trial worked. We got a cell phone set up. And um, what we did notice in that week, that week of the 16th, is our phones were bringing off the hook. Um, small training organisations, you know, non-accredited and accredited training organisations were both realising that this was real um, and we better, and the, the quick movers started to pick up the phone and, and we're having a chat to us. So mm-hmm. we noticed that on the new customer side of things. And then we also noticed usage from our existing customers um, started to really go up on our learning management systems. Um, so it was a really steep learning curve for um, these new uh, customers that were coming on board. A lot of RTOs that only did face-to-face education um, before. It was a steep learning curve. Some of them to understand what a learning management system was to take it from there to purchase in a quick amount of time to then creating their own content to put on to that learning management system to still be uh, in line with the ASQA accreditation standards, to have an integration with their student management system. Uh, it was a really steep learning curve for them. And it was impressive how many of them were able to adjust and adapt so quickly um, uh, under such what would have been high pressure and, and high stress uh, for them as well. So that's right at the start. And mm. um, yeah, rightly so. Any e-learning organization probably would have been bombarded I, I know we tried <laughs> we talked to our old friends at the where, where we used to work and um and we said okay well, can you help us and and um talk about bad timing they just i won't say went out of business but they'd scaled back right. just at the wrong time um mm. so we we thought okay well we need to go virtual we need to do some of our own things here but um uh, we made it work, but that, but that we, we might be a little bit different to others, but uh, I, yeah, I could definitely sense that there was a, there was a big push towards um, improving e-learning and also connectivity, as you said, uh, to SMSs and LMSs in the back end. Um, so with your clients back then, and we'll, we'll sort of move through the timeline if you like, but with your clients back then, um, you mentioned that you're very happy or, or yeah, happy with the fact that they could, integrate things so quickly and, and step up to it quickly. Did you offer um, that as a service? Did you, because I know uh, th- there's a lot of things I don't know and uh, I would be, 
you know, holding my hands up with a white flag saying, please just guide me by the hand as long as it's not too expensive. <laughs> you know, yeah. did, did you have a lot of that? Did a lot of people just sort of go to you for all the advice? Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's put the, um, the customer in a really tough position because when we're talking to RTOs, we're usually speaking to the owner um, or the, the CEO and um, it's often their money. Um, so they're, they're very personally attached to it um, and they, they really want to know that it's in, in safe hands. Um, and we were very fortunate. We weren't planning for this type of event, but we had focused the last year and a half um, prior to COVID on getting our systems and procedures so dialed in that we could sell 20 LMSs in a week and be fine. Um, and that was always a, um, a bit of a dream to, to go, oh, you know, wish we could sell 20 LMSs in a week. And, but if, if we can, we're set up for it. Mm. And then we had to. Um, and and it, it turned out that way. So we had a really dialed in onboarding um, process with both self-paced and a support team, um, you know, based in Melbourne. So in the same time zone as most of our, our customers as well. Um, sorry, so, sorry to butt in. Was that an onboarding for your staff? No, no, for our customers. For your customers, um, okay. Yeah, into our learning management system. So, um, so new customers could could come in. Um, they could hear, um, get all their um, decision making points answered um, pre-sales, and then once they've been onboarded or during the onboarding process, actually teach them how to use the administration functions and the the course creation functions within the learning management system as well um, so that they are really taken by the hand through the process um, because like, like I said it's they're, they're not they they're as, as simple as you can try and make them but you still need to learn there's still a learning curve um, with any bit of software um, and when you're learning under the pressure of is my business going to be okay uh, that's a uh, mm. that's a tough learning environment so we we were really cognizant of that we wanted to make sure that um, we understood the business objectives behind the questions that were being asked as well and that our onboarding team could help support people through that so um, we were fortunate enough that we were in a position that we could uh, absorb the volume uh, that we were going through at the time so that each customer could be responded to quickly and could be helped quickly um, as they were going through because we were only a small piece we realize we're only a small piece in their transition during mm -hmm. this time. Um, and so they had to, if they could know that, okay, we can hand this to e-creators and they'll, they're reliable, they can take care of it, then that's a weight off their mind that they can go focus on, right, how are we going to sell online courses now or how are we going to remain compliant uh, in this area of our business? So mm -hmm. we just wanted to be the part that they didn't have to worry about. Well, that's the white flag I mentioned before. I'd be so out of my depth. I'd just say, please just take this over because, uh, and please make it work at the end. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just want, I just, whatever we're selling, I want our clients to log in at works. Um, yes, we'll worry about the compliance and, and make sure all the, the learning materials are sound and everything. But uh, yeah, that trust is huge. Absolutely mm. huge in a provider. Mm. Especially if they, they wanted to um, take advantage of some opportunities and reskilling the industries that suddenly found themselves redundant. We had one of our customers that worked in um, the, the healthcare uh, as a healthcare RTO, which also had some aged care courses. 
as well. And they had a massive influx of flight attendants um, mm. that were looking to get themselves reskilled and retrained. And they wanted to be able to help them out so we can, you know, get the economy moving, get people back into jobs where they really need to be. Um, but they, they couldn't do that if unless they could make that transition quickly. So, um, yeah, we, we were just fortunate to be in a position where we could help out um, in that regard. So speaking of doing it quickly, what's the average time, if you can go maybe use a case study of, of mm. someone calling you or, or, or um, going through your website and making an inquiry through to the time that they maybe can launch their first program? Yeah, um, so I think uh, that we'll use that same healthcare, aged care, sure. RTO as a bit of an example because they used us both for... Um, the learning management system and the e-learning content design and development. So for them, uh, doing things in parallel were really important. So they called us up, obviously got them to the inquiry um, straight away, answer all the, the questions, take them through a demonstration of the platform um, to, to ensure that it meets the needs. Um, when we deploy the, the blank canvas of the learning management system, that can be immediate. So for us, it's a click of a button, a new site spins up. Um, we can start uh, onboarding and building the content. So okay. we took their slides um, from uh, all their face-to-face training that they, they were fortunate enough to all have that, that slides, that content prepared. And we built it using a rapid authoring tool called Articulate Rise. Mm. Yeah, and because, one, yeah. yeah, you're familiar with it. So it's, it's really quick. It's mobile responsive. It, um, there's not too many design elements. So there's not too many decision points and points of conjecture in terms of how it looks and feels and behaves. Mm. It's just straightforward. And we recommended that as a tool because speed was um, the, the priority. Mm. Um, and so we were able to um, get their first round of courses up uh, onto their site within four weeks. Now, when you're in the thick of it, four weeks feels like forever. Mm. Um, but when you're learning the administration of the platform, you've got to get all of your students into there. Um, let's connect it with our student management system and test that that flow of information is happening back both ways. We've got to create the core shells. We've got to inspect the content that we're designing and developing to make sure, yes, we are interpreting the information correctly because this is still our first engagement with a client they've got to trust that we're doing a good job uh, getting it onto the site testing it with a couple of um, students as well to make sure it all works then that four-week time frame the difference between end of march and end of april um, we were able to get that full um, end-to-end process in place for others who may have had moodle experience before or was confident in just creating video content and getting it up there, they were able to get get moving a lot quicker. Okay. So um, what LMSs or SMSs, I should say, do, do you work with? What um, are the more common out there? Yeah, so we, we work exclusively um, with the Moodle uh, LMS. Um, so we, um, we've got a theme for Moodle called Learnbook, um, which uh, adds on top of um, the Moodle LMS some... Uh, features and, and functionality that add um, to the experience. So it, it means that it can be branded specifically for the organization that mm. they're working with. Do, um, do you host that? Yeah, so we host yeah. it with um, AWS. So it's in Australia. Um, it's, um, it's compliant with all the privacy regulations that all RTOs need to comply with as well. So no data leaves Australia. Um, and 
highly available available so that the downtime doesn't become an issue um, and so we work with our, um, the Moodle LMS with our learnbook theme um, sitting on top so it looks good it functions well it's really easy to use for the users get in a couple of clicks they start their learning um, but the student management systems that we um, work with and connect with um, essentially any student management system that we can connect to via their their API or via are another method of extracting data um, between the two systems then we're able to the more common ones that we see um, uh, VetTrack um, is often a very popular one um, uh, others from the job ready um, group of companies as well um, we see the accelerate and WiseNet, and um, but essentially for us to make sure that we integrate with it properly um, we can build the integration um, between the two bespoke, especially if the client's already been using that student management system mm. in a particular way. Um, and that, that's something else that we've noticed. Um, if you're introducing a uh, learning management system after you've been using a student management system for a long period of time, it's important that your LMS provider knows how you're using that student management system okay. so that the flow of information can uh, because the idea of the integration is to save administration time is so that you're not double entering data. You're not entering someone's name into your student management system and then into your LMS. You're not enrolling them in a course in their SMS, putting them in their LMS. So you want to save time. So you need to make sure that the flow of information is correct and accurate. All the fields are mapped um, properly because I know when I worked in RTOs, um, we were using our um, student management system or as a CRM as well. And I'm sure oh, we weren't the only ones. Um, so we were using it in a particular way that meant probably if you were integrating with an LMS, if you use an out of the box integration, it might not have worked properly. So that's why we sit down with the clients and map out those things so that it, it takes a little bit longer to start with, but that's where the time saving comes in where, where it works properly over time. So have you found you have to um, write some of that middleware yourself or um, do most of the APIs um, seem to just plug in and work? More often than the APIs should um, should work uh, most of the time. Um, so we don't have to build um, custom uh, middleware that frequently. Um, it's just about mapping which APIs to use. Um, okay. So Moodle's got a comprehensive API, um, lots of um, uh, web services functions to um, pull information, to push information back out. But um, you just need to make sure that they're mapped properly to each other, which is the, the key thing. So understanding um, you know, which functions in the student management system are being used and how that relates across to the LMS. Mm. Um, and that's, that's an area that shouldn't be neglected any um, standard or off-the-shelf sort of plug-in integration. Just need to guarantee that that's getting mapped across in, in that way. Okay. So since um, since March, end of March, April, um, what what have you seen happen uh, within your own organisation? What changes have you seen happen? It's only what six months, I suppose, since uh, end of May, June, July, August, September, October. Yeah, I think I'm right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Um, yeah, what, what sort of changes have you seen internally and um, and how would you rate them? In other words, uh, positive changes, negative changes? What, what sort of uh, um, impact has this change in your business from the increase, I guess, in, in inquiries had? 
Mm. Well, personally, I live in Port Arlington in Victoria. It took me an hour and a quarter on the, the ferry and then um, 45 minutes on the tram to get into the office. Mm. Um, so not doing that every day um, has given me or gave me initially gave me the time to help out the, the massive amount of leads that were coming in. I didn't get time back in my day because it was so flat out. So we've all adjusted to working from home and working from home, uh, working remotely effectively. Um, mm. It's been no um, decrease in productivity. Um, everyone's been adjusting really well in terms of how that, what that's meant for us um, as a business. Um, and it's, and it's uncomfortable because so many people are struggling during COVID that we've been fortunate that it's, it's done well. Yeah. That's okay. Um, Nothing to be ashamed of at all. I think it's fantastic that you have. Yeah. And we're very fortunate. We don't lose sight of that. And that's why we do work so hard during this time. And that's been the message throughout our organization. There's so many people that can't and don't have the opportunity to work hard right now. So we get to do it and we don't have to do it. We get to do it. Um, So we're fortunate. And, as a result of that, and on the back of you know strong growth over the last um, two to three years as well, we were fortunate enough to be acquired during this period as well. Okay. So we we were acquired by um, a, a company from the UK that's based on the UK Stock Exchange um, called Learning Technologies Group. Um, they purchased another Moodle business um, from Blackboard back in March of this year called OpenLMS just before the pandemic. Um, so that's made us the largest Moodle provider in the world uh, now that we're joining forces with them so we're going through the the integration phase because the um the acquisition was made official on the 1st of october uh, of 2020 thank you um and so it's uh, the business has gone from from strength to strength and um we're fortunate just to be in an industry even though and we we do really want (laughs) <laughs> this to you know transition back to blended learning and, and getting face-to-face sure. back involved and meet people in person um, but we know that e-learning has got a place in all of this as mm. well so we we see some good growth trajectory in the future as well well it does indeed and uh, unfortunately we're out of time i could ask you another dozen questions but we're a bit out of time so we'll can have you to just do it again oh um, we will i think yeah uh, let our listeners know a bit about uh, how they can get in touch with you and um and yeah, your website, et cetera. Just let us let us all know. Yeah, sure. So uh, ecreators.com.au. Um, that's E-C-R-E-A-T-O-R-S.com.au. Um, you can hit us up on LinkedIn, um, eCreators on Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook. We're all over all of them. Check out our YouTube channel, eCreators Academy, uh, as well, where we've got uh, lots of hints and tips and uh, walkthroughs of products and, and things like that. That we're coming out and you can always give us a call on one 913 if you are based in australia and if you're Fantastic. not just put a six one on front of it and we'll we'll still answer excellent well i'm sure you're going to get a lot of calls and uh, i'll let you know the link to this podcast once we've uh, published it but um look it's been really good having you here liam and i really do have a lot of other questions but i've got someone else waiting oh, uh, no, no stress <laughs> no no all, all good, and um, and this is mutually mutually beneficial. So, um, indeed, like I said, any, any time um, we've got lots of customers in the space, we we will welcome more. So, if um, uh, if you want to do this again, just let me know. I will indeed. Thanks very much, Liam, for your time. Cheers. No worries. Chat soon.